going now. I'm I'm still here on track, but I have a coffee oh, too, okay. so now it's extra. <laughs> hey, you're you're golden. Now. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, where was that? Oh, the pandemic started. Yes. Obviously, for a couple months, like nothing was happening. Um. So then, once all the clinics reopened and everything, um. I, of course, made that phone call and I was like, all right, well, I want to go back and I want to do some Medicaid cycles because, you know, obviously IVF didn't work for me. So I did. I started doing some medicated cycles and I actually went back to the injectables and I started doing those. Um, And of course, with those, I, I get cysts every single cycle so it's like i'll do a cycle of injectables and i have to sit out a cycle then do a cycle of injectables sit out a cycle and that's just the way it goes okay um but so i started doing that and i started doing it with some iuis um and of course my my husband went to in this time he went to like a urologist and we got blood work done and things like that and there's really there wasn't anything major wrong with him. They actually, mm. He actually said his testosterone level was really good for his age. That's good. Um, it was just that his, his estrogen level was high. And he said it was just, huh. the urologist was like, this is, it, it's just like, it's weird blood work. He said, because typically when your estrogen level is high, it brings down your testosterone levels. He's like, but that's not doing that huh. <laughs> with you. So he did give him some meds to lower his estrogen levels. Um, and he had started taking them, which he didn't like, he didn't like the side effects, um, you know, but he started taking them. He took a, he was taking a bunch of other supplements to try to improve like his sperm. And it did improve a little bit. Like we started doing IUIs and his count was up to like, you know, nine or 10 million. Uh, Is that Um, after they wash it or? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean. Actually, no, no, I take that back. No. That's not after. That's before they wash it. Okay. okay. Um, and his like motility was like, um, like twenty seven percent. But it's funny because after they washed it, like I, I, I always get confused about how they do this because yeah, it's like the, it's the count. The count is per milliliter, but then after the wash, they would give me the total count. So like the total count would be like seventy million. Oh. You know what I mean? I, so, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, that is weird. I I always wondered because, you know, women talk about how they they do the count when they do the IUI. And I always wondered, do they do like a in my mind, I'm thinking, so they do do they do a really quick one and get it back super fast? I mean, how do they get that sperm analysis done in like minutes? Yeah, it it really confused me. But like, I I actually have the records from all that. And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, well, it says 9.9 million. Um, but then it says like after the wash, like 70 million and I'm like, okay, it doesn't make sense to me, but but they, they said his numbers were more than enough for IUI. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh Uh-huh. But so I tried a couple IUIs. I want to say like maybe three ish. Um, and I didn't conceive at all. Um, this was the end of. 2020 but like I was I was kind of getting pissed off at this doctor because he was being very um conservative with me and it's like come on now like I'm you know 
I'm 40, 41 years old at that uh, point, you know. Yeah, I'm that's like, that is irritating. Yeah, so at that point, yeah. I'm like I can afford to have four or five follicles, yeah. you know. I'm I'm not going to have multiples. Yeah. But um so I'd fight with him. Well, this one cycle this was I want to say December. It was December of 2020. Yes. Um we we started doing the meds, and then for some odd reason, it had never happened with as many cycles as I did. I had some weird rogue follicle that we thought was a cyst <laughs> that must have just all of a sudden grew ahead of everybody else. Oh. And they were like, they did my blood work, and they're like, you're, you're surging. Huh. And it was like real early in my cycle. And I was like... No, I'm not. You know, I'm like, (laughs) get out of here. Well, you trigger tonight and then you're going to do an IUI, you know, um, in two days from now. And I'm like, the hell I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do an IUI for one follicle. No joke. Like, screw that. Yeah. So, so I was pissed off. I was just, I was beside myself. And then what do you know? I get a positive pregnancy test that month. That was a good egg. A good starting out big egg. Yeah. It was like, look at me. Look at me. I was like ovulating on like. A norm. Day eight or day nine. So like, I don't want to say normal, but more normal for the rest of us in the, in the age group. Like that's like what a lot of us are dealing with. Like, oh, day 10, day 11, you know, oh, that's normal for us, you know, and you. I typically don't ovulate until like day 16 in my cycle. Interesting. So it was just, I wonder how, how the, hmm. And I always ovulate earlier when I'm on those meds. So obviously that, that okay. could be part of it, but yeah. it was just, it was the weirdest thing. So I'm interrupting this podcast just for a minute because as I'm editing, I remembered that Roxy did use the LLLT light this cycle. And neither one of us remembered to even bring that up. I do think that's important to mention. LLLT is also known as photobiomodulation and also red light therapy. So yeah, I was editing and I was thinking, gosh, I know she used it. And I sent her a text, asked if I could just quickly come in and say that. So she did buy one and she did use it this cycle that she's talking about. She used it every other day in her follicular phase, so... Just keep that in mind when you're listening to this, and sorry that we both forgot. So, of course, I'm like, great, like, you know, didn't expect this to happen, but that's awesome. Um, And my numbers were going great. My HCG, my my progesterone level was 104. Oh, my God. (laughs) Were you even awake? (laughs) You freaking believe that? No. (laughs) And I wasn't on progesterone supplements. Oh, my God. Wow. Because... The suppositories kept giving me yeast infections, and I was like, I hate those things. I hate those things so much. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you don't need it because this is what your progesterone level is. Everything was great. My HCG levels were great. My progesterone levels were great. Yeah, I mean, compared to having one, you know, with low progesterone, that is Mm -hmm. nothing to worry about there. Yeah. And then I started bleeding. Mm. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm freaking out, bleeding. I call, like, the on-call number for the doctor. Because, of course, it's, like, 8 o'clock at night. Oh. The doctor calls me back. But he was kind of like, well, 
there's nothing I can do about it. If you're going to miscarry, you're going to miscarry, you know? Yeah. And I was just so, and this was after I had already had an ultrasound, I had an ultrasound at like five weeks, I want to say two or three days. Yeah. Um, You know, and of course you really can't see anything at that point. No. You know. But it's nice Uh, to see that there's, you know, the sack in there and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So this was around, around like six weeks, I want to say I started bleeding. But, um, and then I had stopped. I bled for like two days and I had stopped. Oh. So I was like, okay. And then I started bleeding again. And I had called, I had already at that point had made an appointment to go in. Um, so I was scheduled yeah, to go in like that Monday, you know. And what do you know? It's January. This huge snowstorm comes through. No. The office is closed. Can't go to my appointment. Um, And then they tell me, well, like, we're booked up. We can't see you now till, like, next week. And I flipped out. God. Oh, I would have, too. Yeah, I called my, my regular OBGYN. And they were able to get me in, like, the next day. Thank gosh. So I went in there, and of course, it was like, well, it's an empty sack. Mm. And at that point, it was seven weeks. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Mm. So um, he had scheduled the DNC for me. Well, he actually, it's interesting because this is where, like, everything went wrong with my doctor, my reproductive endocrinologist, because I talked to him about can we get this one tested to see if, cause he kept telling me, well, your, your miscarriages are from chromosome abnormalities because of your age. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we get this one tested? No, you're, you're, you're not far long enough to get it tested. You're too early in the pregnancy. Okay. It upset me. But my OBGYN was like, Oh no, we can test that. Okay. He's like, we can test it as early as five weeks and you're seven weeks. Well, so yeah. Okay. All right. So I was like, okay, so you're doing my DNC then. Okay, and yeah. And send that out and test that. Uh, yeah. So he did test it, and it came back with no chromosome abnormalities. It was a baby boy. Oh. Which was devastating I'm so sorry. to me. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, I've, I've worked through that. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, so this guy kept telling me they're from chromosome abnormalities. This did not have any chromosome abnormalities. Mm. So that's where I was like, okay, I'm done with this doctor. So then I was like, all right, you know, I need to find a new doctor. So I switched doctors, but I I stayed within the practice. I just went to a different doctor. And this was, this is the owner of the practice that I go to. And there's like, they have like six or seven offices. It's huge. So I, started traveling an hour oh. to see him <laughs> yeah um because there are no other clinics in my county Gosh. Um, yeah there used to I be mean, another one that they closed down yeah i mean i i have two and we are about two hundred thousand people i don't know if that's like the norm or if that's low or high or what but well there's a there are a bunch of clinics in like within I want to say driving distance within an hour from me there's like Um, there's like I want to say at least four clinics that are down like outside of Philly yeah okay okay. but it takes me about an hour to get there yeah (laughs) so um I switched doctors and I explained the situation and everything and and he was great he was he's he's 
definitely more aggressive. He's not as hands-on as yeah. his other doctor is. Yeah, I, I like him that way. I like him yeah. to be, get out of my face and just let me do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, if I say I want to do this, I want to do this, you know, we're like, okay, all right, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Um, but he had tested me for, he gave me the ANA test, the anti-nuclear antibodies test, uh-huh. which my other doctor hadn't, and it came back ridiculously high. So that's when he's like, well, you need to see a rheumatologist. Oh. Yeah. So I had some testing with them. Some of it was off a little bit, but nothing major, nothing that they could like um, diagnose me with any type of um, autoimmune disorder. Okay. Um, so... But they had said, you know, we just need to, we need to see you every six months, the rheumatologist did, because, um, you know, with this, along with, um, you know, the possible genetic predisposition for you to have an autoimmune disorder since it runs in your family, we need to just see you back and just keep an eye on it. Um, With that, with an ANA that high, like if it was that high, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that they would want to like research it? Um, well, yeah, but they said like, you know, they don't, I guess they don't diagnose it just based off of Anna. You have to, oh, okay. Okay. I would think, oh my gosh, my Anna is high. What the hell is going on? Well, and there's different things that could make that high. Like if you're sick and other things that are going on. Okay. All right. It was, it was high the first time that I got tested. And then when I went to the rheumatologist, they retested it. And then it came back the highest possible result that you could ever have. Um, Like it doesn't go any higher. So, wow. um, So I knew something was going on there. And it's called an ANA test. So I'm just throwing that out there. And for anyone, you know, thinking, is there another test I should be taking? ANA. And I have heard of that for people. um, Even if you're like, for instance, a friend of mine, uh, her skin. She started getting these flare-ups all over her skin. Those are like one of the things they tested for her. Yeah. And they were like asking me all these questions about symptoms and things like that. And I'm like, well, I don't think I have any symptoms of autoimmune disorder. The only thing I have is I've had issues in my knees um, for years since I, like, I was a teenager. I have really, you know, wow. I just have major joint issues there. Which... But I always assumed that it was because... When I was younger, I was a gymnast, I was a dancer, I was a softball player, I was a soccer player, I was in track, like, I, I just, from overusage, you know? Yeah, I, because I would think, oh, you're so petite, and you don't have any extra weight, your knees shouldn't be hurting at all. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You, That's yeah. awful. I just assumed it was from, you know, oh. I just, I did myself in when I was younger. <laughs> Which you, you can do, yeah, you can, I just... That's uh-huh. too bad. But, um, but yeah, so, but anyway, but he's like, but you know, other than like, I told him other than that, I'm like, I don't have any issues. I do have, um, Raynaud's phenomenon, like where my hands get like really cold and they get white and they get red, which huh. they do say is, can often be a precursor to an autoimmune disorder. So, okay. you know, that could be, you know, just the beginning of it all, I guess. Oh. Um, but so anyway, so I went through all that and then, so this doctor was like, all right, well, we're going to start you on another. Cause I said like, I can't do IVF. Like I don't have the money. I'm like, I just want to do some medicated cycles. That's it. And see where that takes me. Um, and I don't want to do IUI because I never got pregnant on IUI for yeah. some reason, even though we were dealing with the sperm issue, Gosh. I can only conceive the old fashioned way. 
Um, so he was like, okay, you know, we'll do what you want to do. So he usually deal, he has a physician's that's assistant. Cool. So that's usually the person you talk to there. Yeah. So I went in for baseline. I talked to her and she's like, okay, so, you know, I called in your prescription. You're going to do, um, 225 IU, IU of Falston. Wow. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> And I'm like, I was doing anywhere between 50 and 75 before. I was like, I, I didn't even do that much for IVF. Oh. And I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, don't, don't, you, like, maybe you should check with him. I said, because did, did you, I know, like, I'm, I know I'm old, like, I know I'm 42, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's a but, lot. Like, my AMH is high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's like, okay. She's like, yeah, I'll call him. I'll talk to him. I'll call you back. She calls me back and she's like, oh, yeah, I talked to him. He still wants you to do the 225 I wow. a day. And I'm like, okay, whatever, YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did it. So they called me back in four days. And, of course, I didn't have that many follicles that were, like, over 10 millimeters at that point. But what yeah. I've learned about myself through this process is they start out slow. And then the last couple of days, they just blow up wow okay so they're like oh well we'll have you come back in four more days okay so you right. you knew what would happen but they were I just sort of like yeah, yeah yeah okay but at that point i was so just beyond it i'm like i don't i don't even care, care less yeah. if i have like quadruplets at this yeah. point which yeah. is probably not gonna happen but you know we did this so then four more days come back so now you know eight days on these meds and they do the ultrasounds and the, the ultrasound text. She's like, because what they've been doing with this whole process is they, they, they do your ultrasound and then you just leave. And then the doctor calls you instead of you meeting in person because of, you know, all the protocols that they put in. I would actually kind of like that in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this time she was like, don't leave. The ultrasound tech was oh, like, just, just sit here. Like I need Great. to talk to the physician's assistant. So she talks to her, the physician's assistant comes in the waiting room and gets me. And she's like, look, we can't proceed with this cycle because you have 12 mature follicles wow. right now. And she's like, and maybe more because we can't see all of them. Oh, gosh. So she's like, we definitely measured 12 mature follicles. And I'm like, gosh. well, I just spent all this money on meds. Like, what do you mean I can't proceed? Um, and I'm sitting there like crying. Okay. Aww. And she's like, well, let me get the doctor. She's like, he's, she's like, he's in the OR right now. Cause he was doing like retrieval. She's like, but let me see if I can pull him out. Gosh. So I'm waiting there. 12 follicles and you're just like told, nope. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Crushing. So she's like, well, cause she said to me, she's like, you're either going to have to convert this to IVF or you're going to cancel. And I'm like, I don't have money for IVF. No like that's kidding. just, that's not an option. Yeah. Um, so he comes out and he talks to me and he's like you know he's very apologetic and he's like look you he's like I'm aggressive but he's like this like is not safe for you to put you know to proceed I with want... the cycle duh mm -hmm. but and not just because of all the follicles but also because of the OHSS well I mean why um, did he I, I, I yeah why did he let you do it well exactly uh, so yeah. he's like look he's like I, I really I really think you should do IVF he's like and 
you know, he's like, we can trigger you tonight and we can have you in here for a retrieval on Wednesday. This was a Monday morning. And, um, he's like, I know you don't have the money. He's like, and I don't want this to be about the money for you. He's like, I just want to do what's best for you. He's like, so if you, if you decide on IVF, he's like, I'm going to give you a really, really good deal. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I can do it with a really good deal, but like, let's talk numbers here. (laughs) Spell it, buddy. So, (laughs) So typically a retrieval um, is 9,000 and then a fresh transfer is 2,500. Okay. Uh, a frozen transfer would be 3,500. That's how much it costs with this clinic Okay. Um, at that time. Anyway, who knows what it is now, but, and that, well, that was just last summer, but, okay. um, he, he's like, I will do this for you. The retrieval and the, and a fresh transfer, he said for $5,000. Wow. And I was like, Oh, Okay, so that's something to think about. I said, I don't have $5,000. I said, but let me see what I can do. I said, I yeah. need to, like, I need to talk this over yeah. with my husband. And he's like, that's fine. He's like, but we need to know by this afternoon yeah. if you decide to do it. <laughs> the first IVF you did, you had uh, 12 mature, 15 mature follicles, right? I had 15 follicles, yeah. And, okay, so, and this, this you have 12. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. So you're talking to your husband all the way home. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, let's just do it. You know, he's like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. So like, of course I had to charge it on my credit card, which I'm still paying off, but you know, whatever. Oh God. Um, but, um, so we did it, but it was 12 that they could see. They ended up retrieving 25. Holy moly. Yes, and that wasn't even on an IVF protocol. That was oh straight. Oh my gosh! Stuff. Yeah, he he screwed up. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he, that's why he, I don't want to say that's why he gave you the discount. That's a horrible thing to say, but damn it, he did screw up, and I bet he knew it. Yeah, but you know what? I wasn't mad about it. No, nope. <laughs> I got IVF for a lot cheaper than yeah. I ever would. Um, so we fast forward to that. I did do a fresh transfer. I transferred two, um, but I kind of freaked out because. They did blood work um, in between all this. I had to have blood work before my retrieval. So the day before my retrieval, I had all this blood work. And then they told me that um, my thyroid, my TSH level was high. Oh. It was at a 4.9. Oh, my god! And I'm gosh. like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I've never had a TSH level like that. Did they check that at baseline? That was one thing that my clinic no, always they, checked at baseline. No, they didn't because I was just doing, I guess, a regular cycle. I wasn't doing IVF. Yeah, um, even on the regular cycle, CNY checks TSH, which, which would piss me off when I was doing it. But I can see now the reason. Uh-huh. It must yeah, fluctuate be, really quickly. Um, but I had, I had had my TSH levels checked um, a few months prior to that, and yeah. they were normal. Gosh, that's scary. Um, so, so yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, six months after they were checked initially, now all of a sudden they're high. So they put me on. So that's another um, test. You guys, you know, people should be getting a TSH test if they're starting to conceive, trying to conceive, haven't had one for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that so sucks. So they put me on that, and then I kind of freaked out because they, you know, of course they want to transfer your best embryo, and I'm like, but my TSH levels are four point nine. No, yeah, that's. <laughs> and I almost didn't do the the transfer, but then I 
I, I let them, uh, it, essentially it came down that I only had three embryos. Yeah. So I transferred the two, the, the one basically they said was probably not going to make it, but they would transfer it. I have one and, like that as well. Yeah. And then the and other I, one was yeah. average quality. Okay. So I transferred those two and my best quality one, I told them to freeze. Okay. Um, and that transfer didn't work. Um, so of course, you know, there we are back to square one. So then, um, I was like, you know what? I just want to do some medicated cycles now. Yeah. Like my insurance covers the monitoring appointments for those. Yeah. It doesn't cover IVF, yeah. but because of my recurrent miscarriage diagnosis, my insurance actually covers my monitoring appointments for a medicated cycle. It doesn't cover the meds, but it covers the monitoring appointments. Wow. And I was... That's something Way yeah. beyond my deductible at that point. So I was like, let's just do yeah. Medicaid cycles till the end of the year. Yeah. I would do the so same thing. Yeah. So that's what I did then from like, because this was, when did I have that transfer? Like that was like August, I want to say. So then I did Medicaid cycles to the end of the year, which of course, none of them worked. But then, yeah. um, you know, I had gotten quite a few cysts from them as well. Yeah. So, you know, you got to skip cycles out. Um, I just, I want to say December, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. So I just stopped mm. for a couple months and I just had to take a break. Yeah. And I had this one embryo left. So I'm like, well, I got to transfer it. Oh, let me, let me call the doctor oh. and let, let me just talk to him about this. I'm so nervous about this. I know. Well, I haven't transferred that yet, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still really nervous about this. <laughs> so I talked to I talked to my doctor, and, you know, we were going over different things, you know, and he was... He's like, well, you could do more medicated cycles, because, yeah. you know, you have a really high AMH and, you know, yeah. all this other stuff. You could do another IVF retrieval. You could do donor eggs, so, donor embryos. Yeah, how, are, like, how old are you now? Right, I'm 43. Okay, and you'll be 44 when? Um, I just turned 43 in March. Okay, so, I mean, we've seen the success at 43, 44, even 45. So, I mean, um, it just gets very, very, you know, few as you get, yes. you know. But it does happen. Yeah. It happens at every age. You and could win the lottery and do some more Medicaid mm -hmm. cycles. Yeah, and I still have a lot of eggs, no, you know? Yeah, and no, I know it's more than the money. I, it's a, it's too much. It's it's taken such a toll on you. I can't even imagine. You, yes. yeah, I can't even imagine. And your husband. And your husband. Uh, yes, definitely. So, so I told. Oh. So I, I made this phone call in March, and I was like, look, I just, the only reason I'm calling is because, like, I'm done. I'm just mentally done with everything. I said, you know, I want to, I'm going to transfer this last embryo because I have it. Yeah. I said, but I want to do everything I possibly can to, to just, to, I, I need to know that I put everything into it because if it didn't work, then I know it was just not meant to be. Yeah. Um, so he's like, well, he said, this is what we can do. He's like, first of all, he's like, you need, he's like, you need to do an ERA cycle. Okay. Okay. To just, you know, check for, you know, to make sure that, you know, the implantation window's fine. And they'd also do, like, the biopsy, of course, of your, oh. your, your uterine lining again, which I freaking hate. Oh. <laughs> we talked about, like, a little pin on one of the other episodes. I said, we need a little 
pink uterus pin for people. And you need one of those damn pins. I need like eight of them. No joke. It's awful. I know. I just so, I, and then they check for like the they do the the test for like endometriosis and stuff no. too. Um, so he's like, we need to do that. He's like, but he's like, also he's like, you know, he he talked to me about Pregmoon, about doing um, the Pregmoon testing, which is essentially the testing through Braverman Institute. There's a, a doctor there, Doctor Vidali, that does reproductive. Yeah, he's a reproductive immunologist. I've heard of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he developed this um, Pregmoon report where anyone in the country has access to it. They have to get um, their doctor to sign certain things, certain paperwork, and then they sign, they send over the, the lab requisitions to you and you go and get blood work. And, and then that's sent to them. And then they do a report. They send it to you and they send it to your doctor. Wow. And then, you're, you know, they give you recommendations, you know, about what will make what what you can do to have the best success for a live birth. Wow. So he's like, you can do that. He's like, or he's like, we can just throw everything at you. We can do the kitchen sink protocol. Plus we can do IVIG in case you have like, in case there are HLA um, compatibility issues and, and all this other stuff. He's like, yeah. you know, we'll throw, you know, and the, we'll throw everything at it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's good. Like we can throw everything at it. I said, but honestly, I said, let me do that pregnant testing. I said, because me, the way I am, I need answers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to know why this is yeah. happening. So. And it's called Pregmoon, like P R E G M M U N E M U N E Pregmoon. I know women who have tried to get in with Vidali. Was that his name? Mm-hmm. I know women who have tried to, yeah, like wanted to see him specifically. So, like, it's not too far from me. Like, yeah. it would be, like, two hours for me. But this just makes it much easier, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, let me just Same. let me just do that. Um, and it didn't take me that long to get the report back. But, of course, it um, came back with autoimmune issues. So now I, um, I had my RNP antibodies were high, um, which weren't high when I had testing done with my rheumatologist last year so so you had those ones done before you had those tests yes Mm -hmm. okay so they said that but they said that can fluctuate so it just wasn't coming up before and apparently now it is now which is is fine I I knew something was was up with that but so so I knew like I'd have to be on like a protocol for like autoimmune issues um there were some other minor things that came up too that weren't that much that weren't that big of a deal. Like they said that I needed extra fish oil because I have a fatty acid profile that's prone to inflammation. Wow. Um, but at the same time, I had low leptin levels, and fish oil lowers leptin levels. Wow. Um, and you need sufficient well, leptin that, oil leptin yeah. levels for yeah. a lot of fish to begin with. So that actually kind of threw me off. And I it do sounds... take fish oil supplements. Huh. But that could maybe be why my leptin levels are lower. Maybe. But like like it's a ridiculous amount like cuz they did the test on my husband too and they told him that he needed to start with 6 grams of fish oil a day. Wow. Um yes. That's a lot of those big pills. Grams, but then a maintenance dose at 3 grams. Okay. They told me to start out at four grams and then go to a maintenance dose of three grams. Nah, 
no, there's there's no way I'm doing that much, especially since my leptin levels are already low and you need that. Yeah. Most, apparently, the issues that they have most often are people with high leptin levels, but... You have um, that higher, lean PCOS. Yeah. So, well, so here's the thing. Higher leptin levels are usually associated with higher BMIs, and I do have a very low BMI. Yeah. So, so maybe that's why my levels are so low. Interesting. But, so there was that. The only there are a couple other things on there. I had a four G, five G allele thing, which basically said I have a higher rate of miscarriage for because of that. But Weird. it would be worse. I, yeah, it would be worse if I had a four G, four G. So though. what do you do for that? There's like nothing in there about that. Like, so you'd have to I research this. And the only other thing that was on there was something with like my HY antigens. So it said that. Um, my, I guess my body will create antigens against a male fetus. Wow. If I, what? Yes. So if I, um, give birth to a, uh, a male, that the likelihood of me having another live birth after that is very slim. We, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yes. So, uh, what does that mean? Does that mean that's why you, that could be part of the reason why you miscarried the the well, one at least? or? Well, that's what I thought. So I actually, so my doctor, when I was talking to him about this, he was like, you know what? He's like, let me just have Dr. Vidali give you a call. Oh, wow. And okay. he's, yeah, so he's on the phone and he's texting He's me. probably like all up in a, he was probably yeah. like talking about you to his wife, you know, before bed. Well, and I never met Dr. Vidali. This was just like, you know, he had, he gives these reports and, yeah. you know, he, he gives them back to the doctor. And I didn't realize that like he and my doctor were on like a text basis. That's funny. Um, so while Good for my you. doctor's talking to me, he's texting Dr. Vidali. And then all of a sudden my doctor's like, oh, Dr. Vidali said he's going to call you right now. So let oh me my... hang up with you so you can talk to him. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, so I hang up with him and then he calls me. And then like, and that's when I got to ask, you know, I got to ask him a lot of questions and he's like, you know, and I said to him, I said, well, is this why, you know, I, I can't seem to have a live birth now because I was pregnant with a boy and he's like no he said that shouldn't actually have anything to do with it he said it's only if you given birth to a boy so because I didn't have a full term shouldn't affect me yeah I can't I can't wrap my head around it but it is kind of impressive that he called you like that and 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 talked things over with you and yeah, I, I that's not what I expected. So yeah. I was glad that I, I, I got to speak to him because um, yeah. I didn't think I'd get to speak to him at all. I'm sure he would probably speak to you again, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, probably yeah. if I had questions. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I got the report back. So, I, like, you know, I'll... What are your next steps now that you've got this report and everything? So I have to do an ERA first, and then I will be, for the transfer cycle, I'll be on um, high doses of prednisone because of my the autoimmune okay. issues. Um, 
I have to, he actually recommended that I take Plaquenil, which is hydroxychloroquine. Um, yeah, I took that. that. I took that during my retrieval cycle as well. And I think this is just the, the standard protocol Dr. Kiltz does for older women. He just adds it in there. Mm-hmm. So regardless well, my, if you need it or not. Yeah, my rheumatologist actually put me on it. Um, Interesting. So so I'm already on it anyway. But okay. he, my rheumatologist told me he's that... Um, that he will often put women on it that have autoimmune issues because there have been studies that have shown that it prevents miscarriage yeah. or can prevent miscarriage anyway. Yeah. So, well, no, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So that was on his report, but I'm already on that. So that box is checked off. And then the other, other thing that was off a little bit is my anti-cardiolipin antibodies were slightly high, so which could indicate antiphospholipid syndrome um is that a blood clotting issue yeah because when i after i had my pulmonary embolism after my cesarean with my the one that's birthday is today after i had that um they tested me six months later and that was also raised in mine and the hematologist told me if you picked like three people off the street one person would have high antibodies for whatever reason who knows and it could be normal in six months after that that's what they told me well, yeah, and mine were normal when my rheumatologist checked them back, you know, last year. And oh, now so interesting. High. Yeah, so it's weird. So one of the suggestions because of that was putting me on, um, Lovina? what's it called? Yes. Lovinox. Oh. Yes. I cursed the Lovinox. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, I did it. And the, the bad, the, the sucky thing is for me, I got to say this too. I'm a vegetarian. Okay. I don't eat gelatin. I don't eat cheese because of how it's made with the enzymes. I don't eat meat stuff that's touched meat. I mean, it's gotten progressively more insane from the time I was 12, <laughs> 12 years old until now. And Lovenox is made from pork. It has pork byproducts oh, in it. So really? I had to force myself to use those damn things twice a day for this baby. So, oh I mean, gosh. it's a big thing for me. I mean, anyway, you, you, Lovenox, good. I mean, I, I took it as a trying to conceive measure as well. We did the research and I agreed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know how you do that with like, I don't, I don't even know how you eat because I have <sighs> gluten free and that was the most difficult thing in my life. So. Oh, no, well, gluten, eat. that would be hard. That would be another hard one. Yeah. Well, so we have, have you heard of Tillamook, um, Oregon? No. So we have a really great cheese making company over on the West coast. And they make their cheeses without these certain enzymes that they get from the stomach lining of calves, of baby cows. So they make it without that. And so I just, it's everywhere around here. So I eat that. And I just don't eat cheese when I eat out. So that's pretty much, that's, I mean, I still eat cheese. I love cheese. But when I go out of the country, when I go out of the country, I say when in Rome. So I just eat the cheese anyway. Well, and sometimes you have to. That's the thing. Like, it was yeah. so hard for me to go gluten-free. And, oh. and my, doc- my doctor suggested that. He said, you need to go gluten-free. Did they you check you for... Did I say... Did I tell you about celiacs? Yes. Because did. my... Did I tell you my niece was diagnosed with celiacs? No. You wouldn't tell me <gasps> yes. that. Yes. She has had problems since the day she was born, literally with blood in her stools. She is 11 years old, and finally, after a biopsy down her poor little esophagus down, 
blood work. She has real celiac disease, like real, the real stuff. Wow. I know. And she was sick. That's incredible. See, no, I've never had issues like that. So I don't think that I have celiacs, but what I found doing research with all this is, um, that a lot of people with autoimmune issues have a gluten sensitivity. Interesting. And that when they remove gluten from their diet, they feel better. That, that, exactly. Yeah. It helps with their sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's why my doctor told me to do that when he found out like my, my Anna test came back so high and everything. He said they need to go gluten free. Well, I mean, it's a it's a good idea to limit the gluten maybe in your case, because if you are sensitive, is there a way to find out if you're sensitive? Because I mean, it would make sense not to irritate any anything further. I, I think there is, but not once you actually remove gluten from your diet. Once okay. you remove gluten from your diet, then you can't test for it. Yeah. Because it's oh, okay. System. Yeah. Gosh. And it's it's hard to to not eat gluten. Yeah. It's yeah. been it's been difficult, but I've been doing good. Good for Every you. Once in a while, I you know I I. Everyone wants to get you part. pregnant. God, <laughs> <laughs> oh, even Vidali. 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 Uh-huh. Well, so you're you're kind of prepping right now. So my my next step is starting the the ERA, but I've been okay. kind of pushing it off (laughs) because I don't know well I just got a lot going on I was traveling and I'm gonna be traveling again to get in there to do that when you know you're you're probably gonna be out of the state for a little bit and it'll I would feel a tremendous amount of pressure I mean I know and you might be in a different place you might be coming to the place where you're okay and you want to you want to get it done I, I just I would feel also I would feel a lot of pressure like emotional pressure Mm-hmm. Because that little frozen it, embryo, you have one. Well, exactly, you know. and it's like that's your that's like my last chance. But like, it's funny because like right now, like so this cycle this month, um, I had this extra letrozole over. Yeah. Like, you know, just from all those other cycles that I did. So yeah. I'm like, well, this this is gonna go to waste. So I might as well just use it. So I took letrozole this cycle. It was only five milligrams per day because yeah. that's what I had left. But I was like, it's there. I'm gonna yeah. do it. Um, so you probably have two follicles yeah I probably do and this is the interesting thing so like right before I got on the phone with you today I'm like oh it's it's cycle day 12 I'm gonna start like doing OPKs I'm gonna to see when I ovulate and I got a positive ovulation test (gasps) I think you're regulating yourself (laughs) as the years go by like you're becoming I think you still got a shot at this I'm telling you but I know, I, I hate saying that because I know what you've been through. I'm, I'm just, I'm totally serious, but I'm teasing if you want me to be. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's weird because like, it, I don't ovulate that early. Like, on, wow. And, I mean, know, yeah, so. it's not the best thing either, but I still think it's fascinating that it, you're like acting like a normal 43 year old now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but last cycle, like my last cycle, I didn't ovulate until, um, like day, like oh. day 17 or 18. Well, then that, so. then my theory doesn't hold. <laughs> Forget about so it. I don't know if it was the letters all this month or what. Yeah, like, maybe. You know, I don't, I just figured I'm going to start today on cycle day 12 because sometimes it'll be as early as like cycle day 15 that I ovulate. Good thing you did. I'm, I'm like, how the hell is this even possible? Gosh. So, so guess what I'm doing when I get off the phone with okay, you? Okay, well, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> and um, 
I hope your your husband's team won. Well, you know, if, if he's happy. Be in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. I think when they're happy or, or like, or like really into it, the sperm are, are like, they come from deeper in the testicles or something. I think that's if they're really turned on or something. I'm seriously, yeah, I read that. I, I got to look that up again. And it's like better. It's like better for, for conception. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Well, Maybe he'll get really. Yeah. No. Just stop it before anyone gets the final score and just be like, honey, they won. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'm assuming the game's over because he's talking on the phone. So okay. It's either a good thing or a bad thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like more information, please go to www.notriggerwarnings.com. Check it out. Subscribe. It's totally free. And it lets me know that I'm reaching people. I'll see you next Saturday.